welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's your favorite podcast where a couple break down horror movies thematically by month and one of them dies a little inside. I'm barely breathing. I'm Cindy. <laughs> that it's depressing. <laughs> Josh, I am uh, also at times barely breathing, but it's because of seasonal allergies. Mm-hmm. Mine's because of the fear I get shocked into me on a weekly, bi-weekly basis. Yes. From bi-weekly is the right word, but you know what I from mean. From terrifying movies like popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> the last few movies have had a few jump scares that got me pretty good. Uh, this week, we are, is this the last week of November this is already? It. Uh, we are at the end of November, Ooh. and if you're playing the at-home game, that means that we <laughs> traditionally take three of the four weeks of Christmas, or Christmas, Jesus, I just call uh, it December Christmas, uh, because Capitalism it is. is working. Um, we take three of the four weeks of December off, and we just do a Christmas episode before we come back with our new season in January. 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 Um, All right. So what is it? This okay. Is, this is the end of our um, sta- star of stage, stage and screen. This week we are bringing you, what are we watching? Fade to Black. Fade to Black. From 1980. <laughs> 1980, huh? The nebulous time from between. Like when you were alive and I was not yet. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, yes. I don't have any memory of that time, but yes, that is true. I was alive during this. Uh, all I know about it is that I was alive. Uh, I know Reagan was president. Uh, uh, he actually, that's about he, it. Does, he isn't president in 80. He gets elected in 80. And right. President in 81. In 81. Yeah. So um, for 1980, it's the year of the New Mexico State Penitentiary Riot, which was crazy fucking violent mm. actually uh saw that and then read about it and i was like holy shit <laughs> that was, was crazy, crazy. violent was like the most violent prison riot ever uh at least on american soil the miracle and ice happened uh, where the u.s beat the ussr in the olympics in hockey USSR. a movie so good kurt russell starred as the coach in the movie that disney made a few years ago that's correct miracle. he did that's right uh it was also the year that we boycotted the Soviet Summer Olympics. Yes. Uh, Mount St. Helens erupted. Yes. CNN launched. Oh, I didn't realize it was that late in the game. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Uh, the Phillies won the World Series. Woo! Reagan won the presidency. And John Lennon was murdered. Oh. We should have known there was something wrong. 19. What a, what a um, choice. Yeah. What, what a few things to have happen, huh? So, 1980. Uh, okay. Also the year that we gained heartthrobs. Ryan Gosling, Yay. Channing Tatum, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, mm. Chris Pine, mm-hmm. and insane person Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> insane person. <laughs> I love you, Macaulay Culkin. He loves you, too. Um, and then that was the year that we also lost Alfred Hitchcock, Steve McQueen, Peter Sellers, Mae West, and Mario Bava. Wow. Shout out to Italian horror, Mario Bava. Uh, 1980, the year for film. If you're thinking, what did this come out? Of? We've actually covered a few films. Okay, from and the, I, we'll go on to cover yeah. a few films from this year. Um, Airplane, yay! Alligator, yay! I'm <laughs> saying quiet for that. Uh, Altered States, we covered that. Oh yes, we have. Uh, the Blues Brothers, 
I'm not, I like uh, the Blues Brothers. I'm not a, I enjoy it. It's not it. meant for me. It wasn't meant for me. Caddyshack. Same. Wasn't meant for me. The Changeling. Dressed to Kill. I love you, yeah. Brian. I love you, Brian De Palma. Uh, even when you're making problematic movies, I still love you. Okay. Uh, the Fog. Oh, we liked that. Friday the 13th. Mm. Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Prom Night. Not the good one. Not Hello, Mary Lou. Prom Night 2. The first one with Jamie Lee. Uh, <laughs> Raging Bull. Uh, maybe the greatest horror film ever, arguably. The Shining <laughs> came Ooh. out in 1980. Uh, the Empire Strikes Back came out, I think, the end of 80. It got its first, like, previews, but it opened wide in 81. Um, an Urban Cowboy. Yay. So, there you go. Yay, there, there we go. But we're not watching any of those movies. We're not watching no, Urban we're Cowboy. Not. We're not mentioning any, watching any of the movies aforementioned. I will say we're watching something that may be as fun as those movies. This movie mm, is fun and okay. ridiculous. Um, it, it's weirdly, <laughs> like, the stage movies have been more serious this month. Oddly, yes. And then this, the film movies have been more ridiculous. This is that fun. about to flip? This movie's fun. Okay. Um, so it's Fade to Black. It is rated R. Obviously. It is one hour and 42 minutes mm-hmm. long. 12 minutes too long. I'm out. Um, it is written and directed by Vernon Zimmerman. I thought you were going to say Herzog. Yeah, by Werner Herzog. It's the um, movie he never talks about. No, so Vernon Zimmerman directed um, this and a movie... Cindy, I actually mm-hmm. sent you a poster for the other movie he directed that I wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Let me uh, if you look at just that pull now. up and just describe the poster for. Okay. So. The Unholy Rollers. The Unholy Rollers. <laughs> what? A locker room look at the toughest broads in the world. Yeah. He made a roller derby movie. A roller derby movie. They're like, there's naked women on the fucking screen. Not on the screen. On the print. Uh, why is she hugging a man? What is happening over there? Um, there's, there's a lot happening on, okay, whatever. (laughs) So we're watching a movie like that? No, this is very different from that. I just, when I was, uh, oh my God, doing, going through the, that's not how roller doing my due diligence of, of putting together the notes. I was like, oh, yeah, he made the Unholy Rollers. And I looked at the poster and I was like, Ugh. I have to share this with Cindy. That is not what roller you. derby looks like, guys. It's not all glamorous it's not like the, that. It's not, even the, it's not even the best roller skating movie. Um, that would be Rollerball, probably. <laughs> Starring with James Conn. James Conn. That movie is a legit fucking awesome. Um, so, yeah, he also would write uh, Bobby Joe and the Outlaw and, are you ready? I'm ready. 1989's. Teen Witch. Love that. So the guy who wrote and directed this movie mm. wrote Teen Witch, a movie that you I do love. Love. I love that movie a lot. That gives you any idea of what's coming. Mm. This could go to one of two ways. You're about to enjoy the ever-loving shit out of this movie. Um, now, the cast, the main character, and insane human, is Dennis Christopher, plays Eric Binford. Eric Binford, what a nice, that's a good name. Yeah. Um, he had been in one movie, I believe, prior to this. Okay. He got nominated for an Oscar. For this movie? No, for the no. movie he did before this called oh. Breaking Away. 
He's the, what they call the movie, a runaway hit. It's the movie that's set in Indiana about like bicycle riders. <laughs> And he got nominated for an Oscar. Oh. Um, he was Eddie in the nineteen ninety Tim Curry It TV movie. And okay. then he most recently was known for popping up in the Tarantino Django Unchained movie. Okay. As I believe DiCaprio's accountant. <laughs> oh, the mighty have fallen. Uh then we've got Tim Thomerson. Tim Thomerson. Um, That's gotta be a stage name. No. Well, Tim Thomerson is a human being that is <laughs> Is a human. Yelled at, yelled at my friend Jeremy. No, we don't like Tim Tomlinson. <laughs> Tim Fuck Thompson. you, Tim Tomlinson. So, Dr. Jerry Moriarty uh, is who he plays. Dumb name. So, Tim Thomerson is a comedian. He was a stand-up comedian turned character actor. And he's the lead of the Trancers film series that Empire Trancers. Pictures did. Yeah, where he played a character in several films named Jack Death. Trance. Transfer. I'm just, I'm just trying to. Uh, he's also, his name was Jack Death. Okay, go his ahead. Name, Continue. Um, his, yeah, his name was Jack Death. He was also the dad in Near Dark. Remember Near Dark, where the vampire movie with like Bill Paxton, where they were out in the West, but it was like now. And then they had the whole family. Vaguely. That, yeah, he was the dad of the kid that got turned into a vampire. No, I would have no idea. About so any just of that. you know, That's if you're playing the at home game, way too specific. Uh, then we have Gwen, uh, Gwen Guilford playing Officer Anne Oshinbull. Oshinbull. Yeah. She's known for she three, takes no ocean pool. Three things. Three things. I'm going to point out real fast. Um, she was down. in Masters Fuck. of the Universe. Okay. The Dolph Lundgren as, movie, as playing um, the mom. Okay, okay. I believe the dead mom. Don't care. Of uh, Courtney Cox. She was in oh, Satan's School right. for Girls. <laughs> I've never seen that. And she was pregnant during this movie. For the entire movie, and they were Whoa. hiding it by, like, you know, putting her in loose clothing or yeah. putting her behind desks and shit. She is pregnant with mm-hmm. future Star Trek lead Chris Pine. Really? Yes. Oh, that's wild. Technically, Chris Pine's in this movie. Does he get a credit? As an unborn baby. Does he get a credit for that? He does not. You know mm. what? You know, you know, this movie came out in 1980. There was, uh, she talks on the behind the scenes of this movie mm-hmm. that. She was really nervous for this scene where it's like her and Tim Thomerson and they're being like romantic. And they were like, just have some wine and calm down. And she was like, okay. Oh. Oh, 1980. Very pregnant. I mean, in late pregnancy, like a glass of wine is okay every now and then. But not if you're not really showing. That's probably not the best idea. Uh, Then we've got. If anything ever happens to Chris Pine, we know why. Hmm. Chris Pine grew up to be a fine man. <laughs> a fine man who's in a great movie called Hell or High Water. Uh, we have uh, Norman Burton playing Marty Berger. He was Felix Leiter, the CIA operative counterpart to James Bond in Diamonds Are Forever. No idea. Whatever. Right? And But we all mostly know him as the older, as playing Helmer, the older of the two gentlemen who is trying to stop Jean-Claude Van Damme from fighting in the Kumite. <laughs> Oh, I do know He's that. He's the one that's not Forrest Whitaker. It says a lot of the movies I know versus the movies I don't know, by the way. Just listening to myself. Yeah. He's the not Forrest Whitaker. Uh, He's not Forrest Whitaker. Military police dude who was trying to stop Van Damme from fighting in the Kumite. There you go. Um, God. I fucking, fucking Kumite. Why do I Blood know that? so much. That movie's so good. Uh, then we got Linda Carriage is playing. Yeah. Linda Carriage is Marilyn O'Connor. She's an Australian actress who appeared in Surf 2. 
Electric Boogaloo. Yes. Um, and then also, if you would do me a favor as we watch this, keep an eye out Ooh. for an incredibly young, incredibly handsome Chris Pine. Mickey Rourke. Oh, the pre-surgery Mickey this Rourke? This is like pre-Angel Heart Mickey Rourke. This oh. is like prime time Mickey Rourke looking like a fucking awesome human. He would have been so attractive if he had just let himself age like a normal human. Well, that's what happens when you try to be a boxer. Um, yeah. So okay. if, if you uh, will kindly look at the poster for it this. It is that time of the podcast where Josh sends me an original poster of the film and I try to predict meaning. I got our last one way wrong. Uh, fade to black. Eric Benford lives for the movies. Sometimes he kills for them too. And it's a guy watching a movie and he's half in black and white, half in color. Um... Uh, Mummy fingers. I don't know. Okay, I'm going to say that this is a guy who is so obsessed with movies that when people talk during the movie and make comments, he kills them. When people are disrespectful to the movie environment. What if I told you that you were like half right? (laughs) (laughs) Where can we watch this It is a man who's obsessed with movies. Um, this this gem that came out October 14th, 1980 is currently available, available I believe, on Shudder and AMC+. Um, Vinegar Syndrome did a Blu-ray that you can get. Um, this movie was nigh impossible to see forever because it uses a lot of clips from older movies. And weirdly, it uses a clip from Hopalong Cassidy, the old like Western. Really? And the Hopalong Cassidy estate sued the shit out of the film. Because uh, what else you got for the Hopalong Cassidy estate? Launched it into obscurity. <laughs> well, join us, won't you? Mind the doors. This is Eric. <laughs> Eric Benford. Double cross and squealers, boy. I go to a lot of movies. It's my thing. <laughs> you know what I do to squeeze? <laughs> Why don't you live in the real world with the rest of us? If you're so smart, Stella, tell me what James Cagney's name was in White Heat. Benford is he's sick in the head. He's like retarded or something. Here's to us, top of the world. I'm a great admirer. I just wanted to meet you. Birthday to you. I once went to three movies every day for a year, and I never missed once. I can't picture the creature who'd want to marry you. Tell me, who is this unlucky girl? Marilyn Monroe. Remember, you you picked me up hitchhiking. I, I gave you the whole idea for my movie. I've never heard of you. Happy birthday. Huh? Cut it, little no. dear. Eric. What are you looking at, you creep? But you didn't know what Adolf Hitler's favorite movie was. Broadway Melody, I bet you didn't know that. But what about Cry of Battle and War as Hell? Where were they playing, huh? Eric Benford lives for the movies. Sometimes he kills for them, too. Dennis Christopher, star of Breaking Away, creates an unforgettable portrait of life on the edge of terror. Fade to black. 
Introducing Eric Benford. Happy birthday, sucker. <laughs> Star of the Silver Screen. Master of Disguise. Well, I think he's calling you out. Hopalong Cassidy. Oh, look at this. Minister of Horror. Now in the ultimate performance of murder. This is it. It's Hollywood. You can't touch me. Not now. We watched Fade to Black, a funky little quirky, weirdy type movie. Define weirdy. What did everybody think? <laughs> uh, I guess weirdy is my way of saying someone with disassociative personality disorder um, kills a bunch of people. That's weirdy, right? It's wild that this is categorized as a comedy first before a horror film on IMDb. I think it's like a thriller. Like, IMDb is like, here's your four categorizations. Comedy, crime, horror, thriller. That's all you get. In that order is what they say. Okay. Um, I don't don't necessarily agree with that, but okay. This... creepy is a good one for this this i felt like this was definitely a thriller this was weird you know i have a theory on this but let's go through the plot real fast because i don't think we need to spend a lot of time breaking down what happens in this movie uh so a film an, an obsessive uh a kid obsessed with films has a troubled home life and an obsession with marilyn monroe and everything comes to a head when he meets a real life Marilyn lookalike who may be interested in, in him. That's what I feel like was the catalyst for his insanity. Like he's always been a weirdo, but once he met her, it was like, oh, you're really alive. Oh, okay. Well, shit's going to hit the fan. And it does. So when you say shit hits the fan, what are we talking about? Um, he Anybody who wrongs him, he dresses up like one of his favorites um movie killers and kills them done and it gets him sued yes by him i mean the film oh really um yeah the hop along cassidy thing oh hoppy uh so imdb just has a shy lonely film buff uh embarks on a killing spree against those he's not shy or lonely he is a kind of an arsehole all the while stalking his idol marilyn monroe look alike um yes for the at-home audience if you didn't watch this movie I mean, I thank you for just wanting to hear us talk. Weird. Um, but Dennis Christopher plays Eric Binford. Eric Binford um, is a mentally ill person who lives with his aunt, who we later find out is his mom. In a throwaway line. You yeah. Know. It's from, an important part from, of the story, but okay. In, uh, we, learned, uh, <laughs> we learned that this kid, uh, basically that he, um, he was born to a dancer who died in childbirth and she left him to a friend of hers. No, it's the the sister, the aunt. The yeah, okay, to the aunt who um, then loses her ability to dance, uh, 
because of a car accident on her way trying to get home to him who was feeling sick. When he was four. When he was four. And she, like, blames him for everything. And then later you find out, like, no, that was actually her son. But she got pregnant in a time when that, like, would have been frowned upon. So she invented this whole your mother died story and kind of kept him at arm's length. Um for that reason, like it, it, yeah, the poor kid. As as what's his face says, the kid didn't stand a chance. Okay, so let's talk about before we move on. Let's talk about this. Uh, a thing we've talked about in the past with horror movies is the concept of hurt people hurt people. Right. He is mentally ill. Like it goes back to the thing of like how much is like genetics and how much is your environment, nature and nurture. I think right. a lot of this is his environment, right? He lives in a fantasy world. Well, where, I think he was left alone a lot. Yeah, and so he's he re- wants you know, to retreated to this world of films, and this is before VHS tapes and uh, easily accessible media. So he has like an old timey film projector and just makes our collection of film memorabilia look like nothing. Yes. Uh, super into Cagney. Yes. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and say, is this movie goofy? Yes. Is this movie meant to be like fun at times? Yes. Is yeah. this movie ahead of the curve? Hmm. Yes. Okay. And I'm going to tell you why. Oh, right. I think this movie should be remade potentially. Hmm. Okay. Um, because this is one of the first movies that really deals with the idea of like. Mental illness in a killer. Not only because, well, you have mental, you know, the idea like. Uh, there's a Halloween poster in this movie. And, you know, yes, Dr. Loomis is. is like, he's powerful. In fact, he attacks through that yeah. poster. Uh, I mean, that's the worst part about this movie is they destroyed an original theatrical mm-hmm. Halloween poster. Um, no, this this idea of like, we use the arts and we use like, um, quote, disposable media as like a means of escape from our everyday lives. Right. And yes. that's essentially what he does is... Escapes. He doesn't live in the real world, and he becomes totally separate from the real world. Um, and and it, I think the most telling and saddest shot of the movie. I think this movie is more sad than it is funny. I agree. Um, I think, and that's because I'm I'm a person in 2023, not a person in uh, 1980. I agree. Um, where this sense. is so common now. We, we back can see back then it, it was is. like one in like a million. And they even toy with the idea of they have Tim Thomerson's character with his goofy fucking mustache, um, which is a character that like, I'm like, I don't even know why you're in the movie. Yeah, except he, he feels shoehorned. He's in the movie just to give the exposition points of like, he's it's not his kid. fault. It's not yeah. his fault. He just living through the movies and the movies are feeding these kids all this evil. And it's like, I think that's backwards from how it works. Like, I think um, because as we have more and more movies come out, like violence gets worse, right? Yeah. Um, it's the idea of we have people going into movie theaters and shooting people now. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's not a far off thing from now versus then when it was like, it's wild that someone would just walk into the Grauman's Chinese theater with and a, just start shooting with yeah. a gun. Right. But the saddest shot in the movie is, in the Chinese theater, when he escapes from the Tim Thomerson, um, who's trying to psychoanalyze him with like a undergrad degree, yeah, with um, with like a only a tertiary glance at a Vogue article about mental yeah, health um, as his expertise. He worked with some kids, man. He's in the know, man. He knows what's up, far out, dude. Uh, he he goes um, 
Eric Benford goes to the screen and tries to go in it. Yeah. And that's the moment when he's like, oh. It, this isn't real. This isn't real necessarily. And then he has to die. Yeah. Um, which I think is, is is terrible. His ending is terribly sad. I think this movie becomes Just incredibly like the movie. sad. Um, but why I think this movie is so ahead of its time is, is. at the time when it came out in 1980, okay. you had a couple things like um, Taxi Driver that dealt with this, which was... Um, what became known, like, there wasn't even a term for it in 75 when Taxi Driver came out, and in 80 when this came out. The whole incel thing. Yeah. Right? Like involuntary. I mean, honestly, that's what these guys celibate. are. Yeah, he's, he <clears throat> honestly, like, that mixes with, if to double back to the hurt people hurt people, he's a mentally ill person yeah. who then lashes out and kills all these people. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I get, and I'm not going to say I justify him killing his aunt slash mom, <laughs> but, like, that makes sense. Right. In the well, context of the world they've made. Well, and in the context of the real world. I mean, how many times do we see... Oh, God. In the times that we've had mass shootings, when they find the killer, they go back to the house and they killed their caregiver first. You know, that that usually starts there. So, that, I mean, <laughs> that yeah. tracks. It's, a, it's his mom, aunt mom. <laughs> aunt mom. Uh, how we're going to categorize her. Okay. That's fair. Torments him. Is. And he has ran into this fantasy world to escape that. Yeah. And escape being the weirdo, right? He never, like, found his people. He definitely has some sort of and social disorder. Like, he doesn't know how to talk to people and doesn't know how to... Yeah. Yeah, it's the same thing with, like, um, the best thing I can equate it to is when you talk about someone who has been molested as a kid, but then molests someone as an adult. It's like, yes, the thing that happened to you as a child was terrible, and... You were a victim, but that doesn't mean you get to to hurt other people. Right. You don't get to make someone else your victim. Right. Right. And that's a lot of what this movie is. Also with the incel thing is he's like a weird kind of kid Mm -hmm. who doesn't quite know how to talk to people, uh, clearly having delusions. Yeah. Uh, He meets the, um, oh, what's her name? Gwen Guilford. Not Gwen Guilford. Um, The girl who looks like Linda Carriage. Yeah, the Australian lady who looks like Marilyn Monroe. And uh, she's like, oh, let's go out on a date. And then she's clearly just like dating other guys and just right. whatever. And it to her, it's like, oh, I feel bad I was late to this thing. But to, to him, him it's, a, the, yeah. it's the catalyst for I deserve to be treated better by people. And then without he, doing any kind of self-reflection of like, oh, maybe I should talk to people nicer or ooh, anything yeah, like that. Without like, he, it's this thing that like a lot of young white people do, a young, mm-hmm. lot of young white guys do when they're like turned down by a lady or uh, shamed for doing something shitty. Like whenever he lowballs that fucking prostitute, mm-hmm. like I got 10 bucks and she's like, what the fuck's 10 bucks going to do? Yeah. Um, Bye. And then he kills her too. He kills her. Like he basically kills... A lot of women in this movie. Yes, he does. Who did him wrong. Yep. Um, I, the only guy he... He kills Mickey Rourke is the only guy who's like... Does he kill his friend? No, it was just Mickey him. Rourke. It wasn't the other guy. He just kind of falls off the story. Okay. Yeah, like he he like makes the his boss have a heart attack. <laughs> he throws his uh, aunt mom down the stairs right. in the wheelchair, um, which is from... It's not White Heat. I forget the name of the movie, but uh, Richard Widmark does it in the movie. 
Um, I was thinking that it was from uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane. Isn't there a famous a, wheelchair scene in that as well? There's a, I can't remember the name of it. There's a Richard Woodmark movie. And they even show a clip. Yes, from the movie. They, well, that's they show a clip of all the movies that he. There's a lot of yeah clips within clips of this movie, right? Um, but it's this. It, there is an incelly thing, which I think in 1980 that was such a novel concept and like a one-off. Like yeah, like a guy gets slighted by a lady and he doesn't take it well and gets pissed off and kills her. Like you know that story that, yeah, that happens. Old, that old trope. But that's like such a huge part of the internet. Yeah. That is, well. Yeah. Right, like Gamergate, all these things yeah. that happen on the internet where it's like women feeling like, I'm, I'm assuming feeling like, but also made to seem like they exist to please men. Right, and like if, just a simple like, hey babe, you're pretty hot. She's like, no thank you, fuck you, you know, like, okay, don't get to have any kind of say in your own life or, And yeah. like the break he has as a course of, this like shaming this like getting stood up by this uh linda carriage character he didn't even know her name right like he thought she was marilyn monroe because he was a crazy person right right so he's he only is attaching value to her because of what she looks like because of what she looks like and the connection to the person she looks like right right like he's in love with a tv movie or like a movie star not this person right it's the same thing with, like, you look at all of these, now, all of these people, women mostly, that get outed for having, like, OnlyFans accounts, yeah. right? Yeah. Nobody cares if a man has one. But, yeah. It's this, it, it's, this thing still exists. It's, well, it's just the good old fetishizing. And what's more to fetishize about than just a woman in general? What she looks like. It doesn't matter what she has to say or what even what her name is, right? She has, like, the Linda Carriage character has no autonomy. Right. Um, she basically just moves from scene to scene. And, and the two real driving characters in this movie are Eric Benford, which mm-hmm. I I love saying his name because Binford? Benford is the name of the tool company from Home Improvement. Yes, it is. Benford Tools. <laughs> so Pretty blonde that. attached to that one, too. Um, so, like, basically you got the A plot, which is Eric Benford being a fucking psychopath. Mm-hmm. And I'll admit, like, there's the scenes where he, like, pushes his mom aunt down the stairs and he's like eh, 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 eh. like that laugh cracks me up every yeah. time he does it but by and large it's it's like watching an unsettled unmoored person who has lost their mind it's exactly what it is um and then but we're we're meant to think it's funny at times and we're also yeah. like the least i will I, here's the thing i will give credit to this movie for the least sympathetic person in this movie are the fucking cops. Yeah, 100%. Like, the cops 100%. in this movie, outside of, like, Tim Thomerson, who's not an actual cop. He's right, like he's a, a psychiatrist or, like, a, like I said, a Vogue reader or something. He's, like, a case manager at, like, a children's facility. I guess, yeah. The state is, like, we want to put him to work with the kids that you encounter to make sure they get, like, mental health. And they literally put him in, like, a basement a, jail cell. A drunk tank. Yeah. That was it, the drunk tank. Because they're like, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. I and don't the, care about this shit. the guy who, the lieutenant or whatever is immediately like, so whatever they tell you, you're going to tell me, right? And he's like, no. Yeah. No. Um, so, like, you Well, got, then I have no use for you. Yeah. The A plot is, like, Eric Benford having his, like, break interactions with people. Is his break. Killing all these people. Um, some of them seem like 
shoehorned in at times. Like the film producer thing seems like it could have been cut. Right. But he needed to die. So, well, I mean, like, you could have dropped the whole thing. You yeah. could have, like, not had him... Run into a movie producer while hitchhiking? And and not have him then have to dress up as a gangster and get a car and right. kill him in, like, a salon chair. You could, have, you could have dropped that bit. could have not done that. That would have been okay. I think. And I think then we could have lived without it. The B-plot is Tim mm-hmm. Thomerson and Gwen Guilford, who plays the female cop, and they immediately just start fucking. Yeah. Um... And then he's just like, we're going to catch this kid and we're going to give him the help he needs. And then he shows up and is immediately like kicking in doors like the cops. <laughs> if I, at the end of the movie, he's goes, like, Eric, yeah. I'm here to help you. And Eric's just like, bam, and shoots him. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> it's like everyone I in this movie. your help. Is wrong. Yes. And it's kind of fun that they did. They went down the road of like. What if everyone, what if the cops were dicks yep. and killed the psychiatrist this, was dumb, killed this kid? What if the psychiatrist was like, I'm just here to help. Good hearted, but had no idea. How, yeah. How to help. Just like big, goofy, like dad energy. Yeah. Oh, immediately yeah. gets fucking shot. Dad um, energy is a good way to put it. Cause he does. They look like they're the same age, but he's definitely like, he's just a kid. He's a kid. Yeah. Just get up there. Uh, and okay. then the, like he goes up and then the Lieutenant is like, please do not shoot this kid. Unless he points a gun at you. And then he gets up there and he's he just like. He immediately shoots him. Uh, and then the cops are like, bam, and shoot him. Yeah. It's like, that's what cops do. Um, I mean, historically. I don't know. I feel like there's a, so much you could unpack with this movie. And how I don't. It, sometimes you watch a movie like Get Out. Yeah. And we talked at length about Get Out. And it's like, what this movie's saying. And I think 100% of the time in that movie. Um, Jordan Peele and everyone else involved in knew what they were doing. Yeah, they had a very clear focus. Knew the direction. Right. I think this is a movie (laughs) that was meant to be fun and be like, wow. And then like have a couple moments that have like drama and also levity and a little bit of horror. But it ends up inadvertently becoming like, hey, so here's what... um, Here's what angry white men on the internet... What unchecked mental illness looks like. Right. Especially amongst yeah. angry young white dudes. Yeah. Um, angry young white dudes who totally disassociate from reality. Yeah. This is how you end up in a cult. Mm-hmm. This is how you end up a MAGA. shooting up a school. This is how you end up in like, uh, oh God, what are the um, these militia groups? Like the 98 percenters or whatever. Yeah. All those people. I don't know what they're called, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Like you end up in these... Yeah. Things because you're looking for a sense of purpose. You're looking for connection. Absolutely. That's why people join the sorority and fraternity. You're looking for a group. You're looking for... You're, happiness is being one of the gang. Right. And like, I think that's the good and the bad about the internet is... It, I remember growing up in tiny, tiny town, West Virginia. Um, and as a kid, I loved monster movies. I loved any, you know, like anything scary. I, Friday nights. Who would have thought? Yeah, right. Friday nights as a kid, I would watch, um, AMC would do like old hammer horror films or like old black and white universal films. Yep. And then like my Monster man, Vision, <laughs> Monster Vision was on Saturday. And I just remember like having a moment and this is why I think media is so important and why the internet can be so important is I had a if moment correctly watching Monster Vision with Joe Bob Briggs. And I, I was like, he was talking about all these people that wrote into the show and all that. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of other people like me. Yeah. 
right? Like I'm a weird monster kid, but there's like, there's nothing wrong with that. There are other people. Yeah. There's a million other weird monster kids out there. I'm not this like weird one off, like obsessed with these movies and Jaws and Frankenstein and all this stuff. Um, and I think that's the good thing about the internet is it allows you to find like, are you, are are you into like lamps (laughs) or like, Mid-century modern houses are like we fucking know a human that like restores vacuum cleaners yep. and everybody has them. a thing. And the internet allows you to find these people and create, you know, wherever they are. Like there may be ten of you, and four of you may leave, live in Belgium, but we're all here. But you can connect to those people. However, there's an anonymity thing to the internet mm-hmm. where you get to be a monster person because yeah. you feel like there are consequences, right? And I think that ties directly into um, a- any art, right? Like it's made by an artist, yeah. and then they have an interpretation of what it means. But then the Once audience gets it to out, reinterpret it, right? People can interpret it however they want. That's kind of the purpose of art: is that once you put it out there, people are free to kind of make it their own. And I think this was very descriptive, of, or maybe it was predictory of things to come. Is that a is that a word? <laughs> yeah, but I don't think it was meant to be. Right. Like, well, I think Taxi mm-hmm. Driver is meant to be. Like, it's like, this is a thing. Right. Like, these guys are fucked up. Indeed. And, like, there's no sense of connection. There's no sense of anything. And I think this movie's playing with the same themes. I just think it does. It's not doing them as intentionally. Okay. Because, um, like you said, it, this is supposed to be a comedy. Comedy horror. Not... Oh, this, this is movie sad. Is supposed to be fun, right? And at the end, it's like tra- the ending is that this movie is tragic. It really is. And I'm really glad that they don't actually show him hit the ground when he falls off the theater. Because yeah. um, I don't want to see that. Like he was a very sick kid, right? And it does break my heart when he tries to go into the movie screen at the end of the movie because he's so disconnected from reality. And like I've seen these people, um, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, at home audience, um, if you didn't know, uh, the movie does end with, he sets up a photo Top shoot, of the world. Um, to recreate a scene from a movie with, uh, Linda Carriage. And then Tim Thomerson shows up. He chases them along at, with While being the, shot in the uh, leg. Well, no, he shoots him in the leg in the theater, right? Yeah. So Gwen Guilford and Tim Thomerson chase them, um, because the police are looking for him after he shoots that movie producer. And then... In the Grand Chinese Theater, he shoots Tim Thomas in a leg, ends up on the roof, getting shot in the chest by the police, and then... Has the... Could have been a contender. Look... No, it's Look Ma. Top of the world. Cody Jarrett, right? Um, Throws himself off the roof. Well, does he he throw himself or... No, he he gets shot and and goes from there, yeah. So... Oh, and he's gone. A lot So this was... uh, With this movie. Um, A lot, yes. Yeah, I will go ahead and tell you that this movie references or has movies yeah it had it shows clips from creature from the black lagoon mark of the vampire white heat that's made it mom top of the world uh public enemy uh that's the cagney movie where he smashes the grapefruit in the girl's face oh yeah uh horror of dracula from 58 which they had to use because universal wouldn't give them the 31 dracula okay uh night of the living dead Kiss of Death, Casablanca, The Mummy from 32, and and Halloween from 78 is playing on TV at one point. So those are 10 movies just rattled yeah. off that were just, yeah, that's just part of the movie. 
So, uh, in case you're wondering mm-hmm. how this movie did, I was it not a, a big success? I have a feeling it wasn't. I've never so, heard of it before. It was commercially unsuccessful right. in America. Yeah. But it, you know where it was successful? Overseas. And they were like, yeah, this is what's happening in America. France. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, it's America. It ended up making about $15 million worldwide. Okay, so it made its money back then, right? Yeah. It yeah. made about two point eight in America, and it made $15 million overseas. Oh, wow. Well. So I, it's this weird thing where, like, sometimes when you, you hold a light up or a, a, a people mirror. Are, people don't want to see it. People are like, I don't want to see that shit. Not this place for is, me, man. And that's another thing. In this kind, like we've gotten so far now in America to like this is the greatest place ever, mm-hmm. and it's like well you can't even criticize or like suggest like maybe we fix something because they're like fucking you don't like it leave. Yeah, the whole fucking point is that we're supposed, <laughs> supposed to be fluid, we're supposed to change, but okay. Yeah. Um. So this movie did get sued, um, by the Hopalong Cassidy estate because he has a Hopalong Cassidy watch and he keeps referring to Hop. As is, yeah. you know, and like they his show, imaginary friend almost. They show clips from the, oh, they do. the movie, one of the movies, and then they show him dressed as a Hopalong Cassidy character. To kill um, Mickey, Rourke. Mickey Rourke's character. So, um, it runs the gamut in critical response. So on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 42% on 12 reviews. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, so it has about a 4.9 out of 10. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars, calling it weird, uneven, and, and gener- uh Weird, uneven. I mean, it's a little uneven. Uh, I can, I get by. I can he's see like a that. Generally intriguing thriller. Yes, it's it is. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's genuine. It's interesting, but it, it does lag yeah. at times. Leonard, and there are times yeah. that you're like, okay, are we done with this? Leonard Malton, on the other hand, gave it one and a half out of four stars, mm. saying that the film was quote an interesting idea ruined by excessive violence and a poor performance by the lead. I don't think he did a poor performance at all. I think that he's was one thing I thought the he did best great. part of this movie. Yeah, I thought he did a good job. I I think the worst performance in this movie is the producer is one of the best performances in the movie, which is Tim Thomerson because I don't think he's in the same movie as everyone. Yeah, else. yeah. <laughs> I think they like it feels like he was so separated from everything else in this movie. Yeah, that they were like just be like charming and fun, and we'll just make it and, work. Like a just a dopey hippie, and he's like, all right, man, cool. And then they put it in with this movie, and it's like it doesn't really make sense. It doesn't work as well as I think they wanted, wanted it, to. it to. It's um, clunky. So, I, yeah, it, it was nominated for multiple Saturn Awards, including um, Des Christopher for Best Actor, the Director for Best Director and Best Horror Film, um, and it won the Bronze Mask at the Taramina Film Fest. Yeah. But by and large, this movie has slipped into obscurity. Absolutely. I would watch this. Um, I think I would watch this with all generations. I don't think the younger set would like it as much. I think they'd find certain parts weird. Um, it might be an interesting study to kind of see like, oh, where we, where this crazy kid has gone and isn't that exactly where everybody is today? What's it make the world crazy? Um, I think the older set would really like it, especially the flashbacks to the old movies and they kind of see how it unfolds. And I think a lot of the boomers would be like, told you. So I think if this movie, we talked about this while we were watching it. Yeah. If this movie had been made a couple years later, it would have been a totally different movie. Yes. Like all the references would have been very different. Very different. Because in 1980, you have Michael Myers. Um, there was no Freddy. There was no Jason. There was none of this like huge horror wave that was coming starting in about 1980 um, in America. 
So I think if this movie was done like two or three years later, it would have been totally different. Yeah. Uh, it would have looked different. It would also, have... you have the invention of the beginning of mass media. You have like beta and VHS and yeah. you, you start having home theaters. So little things like that would have really changed this. Eric would have worked at like a VHS rental place. Yeah. If absolutely. this movie came out in like 86. Um so it's the end of the month. End of the month. Oh, let me ask you this. Yes. Um, who's your favorite of his costumes? The mummy one was pretty good. I like the Dracula one a lot. Yeah, it, he has very fierce uh, makeup. That's for no, sure. He drank the blood of that dead prostitute, and I looked at you and I was immediately like, "So he's got AIDS now, right?" Like, it's 1980, and he's just drinking like hooker blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're just like, "Oh well." <clears throat> Somebody's got AIDS. Um, oof. Oof. Uh, oof. Well, yeah. So, uh, all in all, thumbs up, thumbs down. You like it? I did. I thought it was good. I like this movie a lot. Um, now, but how much did you like it? Because okay. it's the end of the month. So, what movies do we so have? So, it was opera, stage fright, popcorn, and this. Okay. Number four. four. Opera. I'm the same. Uh, I like it, but it's the one I want to go back and watch again the least soonest. Yes. Uh, number three. Stage fright, I think. What about you? Um, <laughs> this is really hard because I've, I really love all these movies. Um, I, if, if I'm going off of what do I enjoy and what will I go back and watch again the soonest, I will go stage fright as well. Number three, even though I really like stage fright. I think it's actually legitimately... The scariest movie we watched this month. Okay. Uh, number two, this movie, I think. I had a suspicion. Which leaves number one. Um, so my number two. Oh, yeah. Um, is... Mm-hmm. Fade to Black. Uh, I enjoy this movie a lot. Um, and I, I think it's interesting that the theater movies were not... Uh, throwbacks or like nostalgia driven pieces the way the film ones were right um, but both of the film ones popcorn and fade to black were both built based off of like nostalgia right and like that's why your number one is fade to black right yeah no my number one's popcorn yeah my number one's popcorn too my number one's popcorn um, because for me the movies that i grew up on i more so than like Dracula and the Mummy and James Cagney movies. It was like giant dumb monster yes, movies. Exactly. And Popcorn references those. So I, um, yeah, I liked it more. I fucking love Popcorn. It, it was it was fun. It should. It's a movie that shouldn't work at all, but works like gangbusters in my heart and i love it so much all right so So, uh december is my birthday month and as tradition uh we only cut we only do what the birthday kid wants in the birthday kid month so we're taking december off we're taking a little break as i wrap up grad uh one of my last semesters of graduate school wrap up work begin the insanity that is the holiday season you will see us uh the week of Christmas, and what are we going to be watching? Um, you know, I think it might be Christmas Evil. Christmas Evil. Mm. Maybe. Maybe. Probably. Well, we'll see. Well, all right. So until then, everyone, enjoy your holiday season and watch all the fabulous movies, whether they are horror or not. Yep. And I will continue to be Cindy. And I'm Josh. And I'm still his girlfriend. <laughs>